Hello, hello, everybody. I am your co-host, Remy. And I'm your other co-host, B. And this is No Chick Flick Moments, our Supernatural Watchcast. Welcome. Welcome. So, hey, B, how was your weekend? Um, This weekend that just passed? Yeah, sure. Can we talk about that instead of the episode that we're about to do? <laughs> I feel like we already talked about the weekend, Remy. <laughs> Oh, oh, you're not going to give me this one, are you? Well, I could try, but I feel like I would be just tripping over my tongue being like, what did I say before? And <laughs> did I say it the same way again? <laughs> all right. All right. We'll we'll do the damn thing. We are this week. Hello, everybody. This is No Trick Quick Moments. This week, we are talking about season 14, episode 19, Jack in the Box. We are at the penultimate episode this season. Oh, it really is, isn't it? I didn't think about mm-hmm. it that way. <laughs> yeah. Who? We are digging into some shit today. <laughs> uh, some shit, you say? Don't, don't, don't make me put in pin on that. I don't need to. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, this was an episode that was written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Lemming, and it was directed by Robert Singer. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. The description for this episode reads, Sam, Dean, and Castiel investigate a string of suspicious deaths that have a biblical element to them. Naturally. Yeah, naturally. Uh, gotta come from the Bible. Okay, I, I'm fine. <laughs> I, I, I am not playing Buckling Bingo today, even though I did desperately want to. And <laughs> and and again, there should be a Buckling 2.0 because the first Buckling Bingo doesn't even have uh, 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 biblical references as a square. Really? Yeah, it's a tragedy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So... So, kicking right off here, we see Jules and about a dozen hunters who remain post-Michael kind of smashed <laughs> down. Um, they've congregated in the war room as part of a wake that's being held for Mary. And on the war room table, there are photos, her weapons, and her journal. Yeah, yeah, everyone is uh, standing around. They've all got a drink. They're all kind of chatting. Some are looking at the photos. It's a somber mood. and. Yeah. And um, then Sam, Dean, and Cass emerge from the library, and um, I I was kind of like, I didn't know how to feel about the fact that Cass was there. Really? Just, I mean... Tell me more. We we left last episode on that really bitter note between uh, Dean and, yeah. and, and Cass, and we didn't touch on it at all this episode and yeah so it's like is dean just being cold here like your presence can be here but i'm not acknowledging it type way like it was a hard read off the bat it well it was a hard read off the bat because um we have the boys standing up um at the head of the table as it were and dean gives a speech he gives a a bit of a eulogy to to mary and he's very composed, very I I, I don't know it, demure. Yeah, he he's just like a hear here to Mary kind of speech. Um, and I know that you probably have it written down, but I didn't write it down because I fucking hated it. But <laughs> I struggled with this one too. Like 
okay, just sitting on like a meta level, I struggled uh-huh. that it was only Dean who was talking in this moment that Sam continues to play a more silent role uh-huh. as was sort of established in the last episode when we saw Dean's grief really overwhelming the screen and Sam's being more subtle. But yeah, that the speech, I liked that he was pointing out, you know, her family went beyond just them. She fought beside a lot of these people. She has history with all of them. And so it's not just a loss to the three of them, but it's a loss to the community as a whole. Yeah. But when the speech was going along, like, she could handle a machete. I'm like, (laughs) she could handle our dad. She... Oh, yeah. I'm like, don't bring up John. <laughs> don't do that. I don't have 20 seconds to spare on that fucker anymore. I, uh, we got her back and we got to know her past just our mom. We got to know her as a strong, fucking fierce, a strong female lead, independent like... woman. Yeah. <laughs> it was... oh. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I felt that the, um, two thoughts on this speech one it fell really flat and really rehearsed sounding but i don't think it was jensen i think it was just the words that he was given and two i i i think that i would have been much more receptive to this speech if it had been sam giving it that's fair yeah i feel like the speech it would ring true for i guess a guy speaking of it like just in a stereotypical sense of she was strong she could kill vampires she could do all that like it just didn't feel like it incorporated her as a whole no maybe that's where I was struggling but I did like that it tied up at the end like you weren't here long enough but we're so glad for the time we had like those bits of moments where you could feel more the history as opposed Uh to the character of Mary that's what I appreciated in the speech. I I agree. But I also agree that I don't think we we got any character of Mary. It, 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 we just went through this weird laundry list of... Uh, well, that's just it. Like, Mary as a character rather as rather than as a person okay. in this show, you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I get you. Uh, and and on Sam, it's just like, so we have Dean up here talking about community and family and, and you know, bringing the hunters um, in on, what you know, basically what remains of the hunter hub in on this, you know, commiseration of Mary. Um, but, uh, but... I don't know that I I really 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 strongly felt that that is Sam's role. Sam is the one who is part yeah, of this community. Yeah, these are his people. These are his know? people exactly. And so maybe this is just Sam feeling unable to face them. Like I could imagine him as he was in the captain role. You know, he uh-huh. was chief, and I could see that he feels like he failed them and is maybe a bit shamefaced about standing in front of them again in any sort of authoritative role, even if it is just as a eulogy. Yeah. But I think we're given way too much credit there. <laughs> it, it it was odd. Um, the first of many, let's call them odd things in this episode. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing that I liked at the end here was just that you could see Dean was getting more raspy and having to work harder through this speech so you could see that it was at least affecting him 
on a level that he was trying not to show. Yeah, yeah. I guess it did come out a little bit. I don't know. I just, in my eyes, I just see Dean as the one who does feel really, really deeply. He he is the like a very emotional person. So to see him give this speech in this way, it it rang really false, and it was weird. But then, but then Bobby Hatchett's a dude. Yeah, they <laughs> salute Mary, and then a machete gets tossed into a guy's head, and Bobby <laughs> appears smirking, and I'm like, why are you late to her wake? Like, <sighs> I thought you guys were a thing. Like, did you, <laughs> did you just second guess? Like, uh, is this my best hat to wear to the funeral? Like, I don't know. <laughs> when, when, I think that when we were messaging when the, when the uh, episode aired, you were like, did he just, like go to the bathroom? Where was he? Yeah, I mean, you would think that he would have been here from the beginning, so I'm just struggling with why he wasn't. But I guess, hey, we get this quote-unquote cool entry for him, (laughs) and we get a body dragged off, and it's revealed as a wraith that was there to gloat, I guess. Uh And they're saying, like, Mary would have appreciated this happening. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, (laughs) I didn't read her that way, but okay. No, I know. It's just, it's so shallow. Okay, it's fine. It's cool. Yeah. We're good. Okay. Yeah. We- <laughs> so Bobby's asking after them. Um, Sam doesn't say much for himself, but yeah. just, like Dean seems to be okay. And as this conversation is taking place, Dean is tidying up. He has a box there and he's just like, he is closing himself off from publicly grieving. He's putting things away and kind of done with this. Yeah. Sam says, uh, well, I was hoping we could, you know, break open that whiskey that Ketch left last time he was here, uh, sit down, have a drink, talk about mom. And Dean throws this look over his shoulder and he's like, talk about mom. That's what we've been doing. Yeah. And then he walks away. But okay, he did his face when he did turn to walk away. I'm like, ooh, oof. Yeah. Micro-expressions! He's he's not brushing it off because it's a dumb idea or whatever. It's just that he is so scraped raw, I think, that he's looking Uh to escape doing more of this. Like, the grieving just keeps coming, and he's a little bit tired of doing it publicly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, we come to Sam, Cass, and Bobby, who are now in the kitchen, and they are having that drink. And uh, Bobby kind of opens this conversation to say, so I got to know what happened because I'm hearing that the kid and yeah, yeah. And he, he just doesn't want to be relying on these rumors. He's I, and I just kind of said, I'm like, okay, so did he come for Mary's wake or did he come for basically rooting through this information? It just, I don't know. I'm probably reading too much into that again. But you feel like Bobby has come with this ulterior motive. I uh, I think that Bobby just is here to be... Be the vehicle? The, yeah, yeah, to be the fucking... I don't know. Fuck the, Jack Brigade. Yeah, yeah, to be the fuck Jack Brigade. Because here we have Bobby, Cass, and Sam... And Sam doesn't say a single word this whole scene. I know. He does not say a single 
he does not have a single line. It's just Bobby and Cass being the uh, the devil and the angel on Sam's shoulders here. Because because Bobby says basically because if what I'm hearing is true, you know there's only one way this ends. Yeah, and I'm like, really? Even after what we saw in episode one of this season? Like, all that talk about being there for Jack? Now you're just like, well, he ain't got the human side no more, so fuck him. We're gonna kill him. (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels like this tenuous line between family and not family, and all of a sudden it's just flip. Jack's not family, so we're gonna kill him. And what was that after last episode? I mean, they had to bring Bobby in to do this speech because it would be too much of an about face to have Sam or Dean or Cass being the one to approach uh-huh. Jack so callously. And no, I, I absolutely agree. I I don't know. I wish it wasn't Bobby. I Yeah. I Again, mean, I'm like, he and Jack have a long history too. And I don't know. It just paints... Bobby in this really callous light to be like, after all that time that we had in Apocaverse, yeah, fuck this kid, yeah. But I okay, uh-huh. Mary was maybe a squeeze, and there's uh. some heated emotion that's moving that, but it's not coming across on screen. Yeah, um, and Cass uh, comes back with, yes, we have to find him and help him, and yes. Bob- Bobby's just, oh hell no. Yeah, he's just saying Lucifer will be all that's left to Jack. Yeah. And Cass is trying to argue Jack might not know right from wrong. And Bobby goes, further evidence why we should go gank him. Yeah, yeah. And and briefly, like, right before all this happened, right before this conversation, Dean did come into the kitchen. Um, uh, uh, he said, I need a drink. And Bobby said, well, the bar's open. Uh, but he said, no, I, I need to get out of here. And um, yeah, I Cass just... was working up to ask if he needs anything. Like, you could see right there that there's still that iciness that was yeah. going on. Cass hesitating whether to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, we're seeing Dean kind of slow down from the last episode, and he's using his final inertia to carry him to a place where he can privately grieve. Yeah. I feel like he has been doing, like, action, action, action. And he just needed to get it all out before he needs to recuperate. So yeah, he's saying, I need a drink, and I need to be somewhere else. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah. So he just dips out of there. But, uh, and then we have that... Uh, Bobby Cass Sam conversation even though Sam didn't say anything but you know but um from there I mean so we know where Bobby stands he says I don't care what you do I'm gathering up my fucking posse and I'm we're lighting those torches we're grabbing our pitchforks and we're gonna go find Jack yeah yeah and Cass is just no he's gonna find another way he's gotta Cass is me yeah yeah but um, we we go now to uh, Jack angsting in a warehouse. <laughs> yes. It's some sort of mechanical yard and Jack is reliving his last moments with Mary and he just looks close to tears. Yeah. And he even does this little begging. I wouldn't put it as a prayer, but just saying like, I wish you were here, mom. I need you to tell me what to do. Like he still thinks Kelly... Uh-huh. Kelly's the one who's coming to mind because she's all who's left to love him unconditionally, basically, at this point. Aww. In his ideas. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Uh, it's his mom. I 
I I actually um I got really confused when he sent up his little prayer heavenwards. He cuz he has he's thinking about Mary, right? He, he just r- r- go relives his entire last encounter with Mary and then he mm-hmm. looks heavenward and he says, "I wish you were here, mom. I wish you could tell me what to do." And I'm like, "Who? Whomst? <laughs> what? <laughs> I I didn't realize you thought of Mary that way." I know. Like- <laughs> I was, oh, uh, it was, yeah. yeah, yeah, but, but Kelly. yeah, Kelly. I, I die every time Jack thinks of Kelly. Yeah, it's his, it's his true north. I mean, we, we had the whole, what would the Winchesters do? But really, I mean, he looks to his mom. Yeah, like, even when the Winchesters are, quote unquote, failing him. Mm-hmm. He, he's like, Kelly, mom. <laughs> and, and then... And then Hallucifer shows yeah. up again. We He's just have... like, I ain't Kelly, but I'm the next best thing. Uh-huh. Oh, no, 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 no. He's like, well, I'm here. And Jack is just, You're, I made you up. You're nothing. And then Lucifer talks a bunch. Yeah. He's just saying that he's telling the truth. He's locked in Jack's head forever. He's in his DNA. And he basically is making fun of Jack for his need to see Kelly. Like, oh, you want your mom? Boo-hoo. I'm like, rude. What a bad dad. What a bad dad. Don't listen to this guy with all of his doubts that he's feeding you. Yeah, he's saying, you know, the Winchesters hate you. They never loved you. They, they, you're nothing to them. You're just a pet monster. And now they don't even want you, they don't even want you as a pet. Yeah. Uh, And I just, I keep sitting there going like, this is just more proof that Jack is not these things because Lucifer's trying so hard to convince him otherwise. Like at this point, Jack wants to believe that Sam and Dean can forgive him and uh-huh. how Lucifer is trying so hard to convince him otherwise. And I'm like, if he's trying so hard, that means that he's not the one that's telling the truth. But yeah. And, and I mean, as much as we just want to roll our eyes like, oh, Lucifer. No, this is a, you know, a a manifestation of Jack's grief and guilt um, and doubts, which, like you said, is just further proof that he's not as soulless as you know we might think he is yeah if he was soulless then there wouldn't be doubts no and i thought it was interesting that lucifer was pointing to him and calling him a monster just their muscle because it made me think of jack's repeated refrain in ouroboros episode 14 of this season where Cass was questioning you know maybe this isn't some sort of creature that's doing this maybe it's a person who's killing and jack said anyone who can do this is a monster and so it was like a hard level that you cross that line and you're a monster and here is his subconscious calling him a monster so it just spoke to the depths that jack is beating himself up i felt Ooh, giving me shivers with that juicy meta b (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a deep cut there. Yeah, well, it just felt like Jack was someone who constantly went back to monsters uh-huh. this season, looking at villains and calling them monsters. And to see it now being a label that his subconscious is putting on himself is kind of a sad state for him. Yeah, even um, episode one, 
Michael is a monster. Dean doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I liked that Jack was just sitting here just hoping for the chance to explain so that Sam and Dean would understand what happened. That it's an accident. And he points out, like, Sam and Dean aren't faultless. They make mistakes, too. So how come Jack gets written off? I'm like, this is a pretty grievous mistake, but it is also a valid point of, you know, are you irredeemable after one egregious mistake or what is the way to redeem yourself in this sort of state? Yeah, he, he says, I, I tried to bring her back. I wanted to bring her back. But, you know, well, he says, I tried to bring her back, but I, you know, it was just a mistake. It was, I, yeah. I, I wanted to make it better, but I couldn't. And I think that that, that is him saying, you know, if I just explain myself, then they'll understand. Yeah, I knew this was a fuck-up. I tried to control Z it, and I couldn't. Like, I fucking saved over that file. It sucks. (laughs) But maybe they'll get it. Yeah. And you can feel it's a bit of grasping at straws, but I do feel like he does make a valid point of, like, Pobody's nerfed, and... (laughs) Oh, God, I hate... Okay, I'm fine. And maybe Sam and Dean can see that somehow. He's just holding out that hope. Yeah, yeah. So I did. I did like that. And and then Dean breaks my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm I, dead now. Watching the scene. <laughs> I watched it with my brother, and he's like, "It's raining outside." I'm like, "Is it raining?" Like I can see the leaves are all glossy. And he's like, "It's his tears." I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah, oh. I'm like, how does Jensen not have more acting awards? That's a fucking crime. Because it's just, let's sit him on a log and have <laughs> him cry. And I'm like, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> he He's out um, in the dark uh, alone. And he's, like you said, letting his grief out. And, and, and I mean... We had this whole first ten minutes of the episode, like he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. Oh shit, he's pushing through it. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, he's not fine. And and I think that they were a little heavy handed on that. Yeah. Like he's fine, he's fine. Uh, they they and Bobby being like yeah. sometimes maybe he's just like me and he needs to grieve alone. I'm like really. We're gonna... <laughs> I'm like I guess I know what we're gonna be doing later with Dean. Oh my god. So, yeah. Um but but this was a raw scene. Yeah. Jensen's fucking killing it. Like he is given that blurb on the page and he's fucking selling it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And he just he can't feel okay. No. No matter how much of a front he's putting on, you can see this is raw and deep and something that he doesn't even feel comfortable sharing with other people. No. Yep. 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 (laughs) Take me away. All right. We go to Duma in heaven and Cass is there seeking Naomi. But Naomi is under lockdown because the empty invaded. So she's in a very small cell right now. (laughs) And we have Duma like, well. Somehow the reluctant leader yeah, they're they're. Uh, How does it work when there's like ten of them left? Do they just pick straws or like they do <laughs> fucking musical chairs around the throne and the first one to hop their ass in is like I'm God now. 
Yeah, Duma, so Duma, what she's saying here now is the empty got in on Naomi's watch and she's not fit to lead. And Cass is basically like, oh, I think I see where this is going. So you take up that mantle? And she's like, oh, oh believe me, I'm not my first choice either. Yeah. But oh, I guess somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Hair flip, go back to sitting on the fucking throne (laughs) yeah i like this actress is selling the fact that you don't believe duma Uh when she's being the reluctant leader but i'm also like why does duma want to be the leader this seems like fresh news in this episode Uh uh-huh uh-huh this uh we struggled with this on the first watch we did we did and it didn't get better with the second (laughs) It's just really difficult, I feel. And, like, I go back to what we were thinking on the first watch is just there's not enough named angels that are uh-huh. active in the storyline right now to fill this role. So we have Duma, and I guess Duma's got to fit into that shoe. Yeah, we just had to have a bad guy. So let's <sighs> draw... Spoilers, not spoilers. Draw a name from the hat. Um. Oh, look, there's only one fucking paper in the hat. Great. <laughs> So Duma just says, uh, Naomi is locked up, I guess. Uh, Cass just kind of accepts it, too, which, okay. Um, But he's like, oh, man, shucks, I I need her help. (laughs) Yeah, to find an archangel. And at first I was like, cause of what? And I'm like, oh, that's your code name for find Jack. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, uh, it's not, it doesn't go very far because Duma's like, um, honey, there are no archangels left. Uh, try yeah, again. Cass is just, shit, you're right. Um, <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. Cats out of the bag. Yeah, yeah. It's the Nephilim. And then she's like, Lucifer spawn. And then looking almost pleased with the Jack lost his capacity for good through an act of goodness line. Like, Oh, that but- was funny. I I actually like that line because um it I has... just found her reaction very strange. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It was um so Cass said he lost his soul saving me among others um but he burnt his soul out and Duma like almost like this is the funniest fucking joke she's heard all year. She says so he lost his capacity for good through an act of goodness and she's like laughing basically um and Cass just gives her the biggest bitch please and she sobers up a little bit like oh okay spoil sport yeah correct correct (laughs) but um yeah I don't know it was it was I I thought it was funny the way that uh, Duma was just like "Uh uh-huh oh that's funny but um and then I'm Cass definitely the down. hard drill sergeant here being like, is this a joke to you, son? <laughs> so you're the Cass in this scenario. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But I struggle with what Cass says, too, because he's talking about Jack in terms like, I hope he can be salvaged and rehabilitated and molded with yeah. careful guidance. Like, all of these words, I'm like, Cass would not be saying these things. He doesn't have that perspective of Jack. He's no, he does too not. close to think of it in such callous terms. I absolutely agree. It was 
Uh, I, I feel like that language was there to connect us more thoroughly with understanding Duma's motives. upcoming machinations. Yeah, like, exactly. Like those I said, would be words she would think of. Exactly. As soon as Cass says that, she turns away looking schemy. And again, all we needed was like a fucking mustache twirl. Yeah, like steepled fingers and just... She, she she she's like interesting i'll see what i can do but yeah, yeah it's just like the, it's just gross language super gross super it goes back to jack feeling like a tool and when Cass is the one who is through this episode being hawkeyes for jack being manipulated yeah just using words like salvage and rehabilitate i'm like that sounds like manipulation like that sounds like you're not looking at a person you're looking at a problem it was super out of character it was super weird and this episode flip-flops all over the place um I think in our first recording, I said, this episode is just line, 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 line. And it doesn't fucking matter who picks it up. We're just yeah, we're going. moving through and yeah, just, we're just going someone the pick up the next line. Exactly. We're just, we're just running through the script. Um, and, and it just, it's bad, but to let, but, but I don't, I don't want to dwell. Um, so, so... So, so yeah, what's Duma, Duma goes off twirling her mustache and we come back to Sam with his laptop in the war room and Dean has just returned from his sobbing jaunt. Yeah. And Dean is refusing to answer Sam's question about how he's doing. He just jumps over to, okay, Sam, what are you investigating? Yeah, Sam says, how you feeling? And Dean, like... Again, Jensen, fuck, I hate you, I love you. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like, what you working on? Hey, yeah. flat, just total, like, no. Yeah, this is a closed box right now. He needs to keep all of that contained because he just can't open it around other people, I think. It just is too much for him. Yeah. So, yeah, he's Sam, focusing on Sam's investigation. Yeah, uh, Sam's looking for missing persons, no luck so far. Um, Sam gets kind of contemplative in this moment and he says, I, I just can't stop thinking about mom. And then he turns around to face Dean fully and he says, you know, most people, they just operate on faith and hope, but we know the truth. We know that God is real. We know that the angels are real. We know that heaven is real and that Mary is in a good place, a great place with dad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. And then he just kind of trails off and then Dean says his thing. And then we, I don't know. I don't know if Sam had a point, but okay. Well, (laughs) what, what I was taking from this part here is that Dean is really fixated on how the loss of Mary came about, like how he lost his mom. Those are the circumstances. Whereas from Sam, what I'm hearing is is he's really struggling with how to grieve because he lost his mom, but he knows his mom's in a good place. So like, does he have the right to feel sad? But he should have the right. But Like, that's what I'm getting from him, is he's just struggling with the consequences of their loss, whereas Dean is fixated on the loss itself. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you for fixing that in my head because I, um, because I don't know, Sam started with, you know, I just can't stop thinking about her. And then he started talking about, you know, about how they know that bears is a good place. And I was just waiting mm-hmm. for the butt and I didn't get mm-hmm. it. And, and, but you're right. You're absolutely right. It's like he, he is struggling with how to grieve because even though he does know that she's in a good place, that he's still hurting you know yeah he still doesn't have her here yeah and you can know 100 percent that your mom is all right and happy in heaven but that doesn't change how you feel in the day to day it's like how do you reconcile those things yeah i think that's where he's just having such a hard time And he can't get Dean to meet him at the same place because Dean hasn't really been able to take the step past mom died and she died so completely that, like, she wasn't even left on this earth afterwards. Yeah, yeah. He says, you know what else? There wasn't even enough of her to even try to bring her back. Yeah. And that's that is you know um, the the highlight reel of where they're both sitting in this yeah. right now. I think. Yeah, and I think that's also where they're struggling to communicate with each other. Yeah, I also found it interesting when like Sam said he was looking for missing persons. He was looking for some signs of where Jack is. He's trying to find Jack before Bobby's crew does. And I feel like Sam's end of that thought was very different from Dean's because Dean says, we got to find Jack first because he'll kill Bobby's crew. Yeah. But I really felt like Sam was more thinking Bobby's crew will kill Jack if we don't find him first. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, We don't want this to get any worse than it is. Uh, but I do think that uh, Sam was thinking about it more in a uh, we we want to get Jack out before you know something goes wrong, but more thinking about Jack in it than Bobby. Yeah, I sure. think more in an empathic terms than Dean's. Oh yeah, Bobby's gonna fucking die. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that that just goes further into this state of mind that they have where Dean's just so fixated on how it came about, what it, like, those elements of it that just has completely upheaved his life. Yeah. And uh, we're not having, Sam's not having any luck finding Jack, but uh, Duma. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I had a question about how she found him too, because that's one of Jack's first questions. He's in turmoil. She shows up and he's like, how did you find me? And she just sidesteps the question saying that she's here to tell him that it wasn't his fault. I just like it. In a lot of these things, it's like there's so many ways that it small ways, just small little tweaks that yes. would have made the world of difference. Like, it could have been better with just one tiny baby step more forward. Mm-hmm. Like, like if Sam had given that first speech, that eulogy. Or here with Duma, if, like, we had Jack praying to his mom, we should have seen that Duma maybe tracked Jack that way. But I... I really struggled with how Duma evoked Kelly in this conversation because she only brings up Kelly as like, heaven and your mother know you have a glorious destiny. 
Like, that's not really Kelly's relationship with Jack, is it? I mean, isn't it? You, you, um, haven't seen 12. No. So, Kelly's whole narrative, um, with the pregnancy and in deciding to, you know, go through with it, uh, was she had faith that Jack would, like, save the world. And, and, uh... Cass was shown he was shown this vision of all the good that Jack would do and and all through 12 and even you know part of 13 it's like Jack's legacy or what he was born into was these great expectations yes um but that, and I think that that is why Jack struggles so much on not meeting those expectations. We spoke about it a lot in the last episode about how Jack constantly struggles with having this high goal set for him, this high bar yeah. of standards he has to achieve. And he really struggles when he's not meeting them. But I just found it... I guess a little disconcerting to try and match Jack's perception of Kelly to what Duma was evoking of Kelly here because Jack seems to just reach out like you're my mom and I just need your love I need your help I need your guidance and then Duma going your mom knows you have a glorious purpose yeah and I think that let's just say that um when Jack was born he, he the only thing he knew about his mom was I have, you know, I'm meant to do great things, but the more he learned about her and then, you know, ultimately meeting her and it it was not about, um, Kelly's expectations. It was about, uh, it was about Kelly's love Mm -hmm. and, and Jack. Um, so I think that Jack's perspective, perception of Kelly did you know change over time as well okay yeah and i guess it does make sense from duma's perspective that she is looking as at jack as a way of accomplishing great things and so all of the imagery she'd evoke is along that tangent yeah yeah i just found jack's little hopeful like i do like still after this you know i still have a great glorious destiny yeah. I don't know. It just felt very... You could feel his childishness in that moment. Just clinging on to any hope that he had that basically he was still redeemable and he had a way of getting back in Sam and Dean's good graces. Yeah. And and he, you know, he, he very desperately wants to believe her. I do see that. Yeah. And she's just pulling out these classic manipulation <laughs> roles there. Like, oh, you know, your dads are going to be so happy for it, eh? <laughs> I love it when you break out the Canadian. Oh, God. And yeah, do my monologuing about God's wrath, blah, blah. I'm like, where is this coming from? Next scene. Yeah, I know, right? She <sighs> she goes from this on to, like, heaven used to be glorious. God used to punish the earth the people who didn't believe and i'm just like oh i'm sorry what a what now because of what like (laughs) 
this has been your secret perception this entire time because I never got this read from you until now. No. Duma, I'm so sorry, Duma. I'm so sorry. Duma, you didn't deserve (sighs) this. Yeah. God damn it. And it it. just gets worse for her. We go to the next Uh scene. We're at a university in Ohio and we're seeing Dr. Harrison Tate, a, I guess, famous atheist. (laughs) A famous atheist, yeah. Yeah, he's a novelist Jack. and a and a and a professor. Um, and they pull the fucking fake news line. I'm like, Ooh, this is. Mm, I'm not fine. Carrying on. I didn't even think about it in that way. Like, I don't like it. Oh, cool. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Jack and Duma are here to sass an atheist. Yeah, Duma Duma goes into another tangent, like, in a more more glorious time, or, or, oh, she said, in a more civilized time, what, this would have been dubbed heresy. I'm like, okay, 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 yeah, Yeah. that, I guess, is the opinion that you have right now. (laughs) The... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My note, the only line in my notes is all caps. It's worse than I remember. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this conversation leads to Dr. Tate being like, you know, if there were a heaven. And Jack is very earnest when he says, there is. I've been there. He's just still reading very childlike. And it clashes so terribly with what he's about to do. Oh my God! And and uh, Tate says, uh, "Oh, so you saw God?" And he said, "Jack says no, but he is my grandfather." And oh, cool! Yeah, so your dad is dot 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 Lucifer. Oh, cool! <laughs> I'm gonna call a psychiatrist. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna just pick up the phone and call security on. Yeah, this. I'm I'm not gonna be here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jack just fucking kills the guy. I I just, I have, like, Jack was just excited to have a task that he can use to fix things, I felt like. Like, Doom is pointing here and saying, you do this and Sam and Dean will be happy. And he's like, cool, I couldn't resurrect their mom, but this is going to make them happy? Done. And I'm like, did you forget all the lessons about killing is bad i mean i mean uh it's like this is this is not written as a lack of a moral compass this is written as like he's taking the authority of heaven for granted which i mean maybe but i'm also like what relationship with heaven have you had where you're like yep trusted wholeheartedly it's so fucking weird like jack was Jack is so fucking sensitive to the dangers of his powers and he was devastated when he killed that security guard in Tombstone. He has been super torn up about killing Mary and he he is the guy who fucking beats himself up for doing the wrong thing. And, And I'm just like, okay, a just deep breath, like, boy. <laughs> I, 
This is not, this is not how you write soullessness. This is not like, like, again, uh, we, I know we said it before that the supernatural writers do not understand how to handle this. Like, like uh, a lack of empathy is not automatic evil. And a lack of soul. Like, why is the soul the measure of goodness? Yeah, exactly. When you have Donatello right there. And how can they take Jack and everything that Jack knows and is and and you know, his his thoughts are his own. I don't care if he's not feeling the that remorse. I don't care if he's not feeling that that guilt or yeah. or or that apprehension over the, the you know the possible dangers or of his that powers. he's second guessing whether it's just an echo that he's feeling or not it just was so difficult to weigh this scene with the jack who was reliving mary's moment like just at the exactly. start of this episode exactly and he's like dead the guy picks up a phone says oh i'm calling security and he kills him yeah okay all right cool yeah the 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 last i'll just the last oh, yeah. i'll say of the scene is that we had jack doing his little smile after making the salt statue and we could see duma in the background at his shoulder so i'm like this is the angel slash devil out on his shoulders uh-huh. 2012 tumblr go go dean cast sam yes sam and Cass are sitting across from each other in the library and dean is on a table nearby and 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 they're uh, so so Cass uh, well Sam and Cass are talking and Sam says so heaven's gonna help us and Cass says yeah they promised to do everything that they could to find uh uh Jack as soon as possible and then yeah. Dean chimes in with the oh heaven said huh all right that's I'm sure that's gonna pan out well you know we're just gonna trust them basically. Yeah. He's just being very skeptical, I think, of anything to do with heaven and anything that Cass is doing for it's, steps because yeah. Yeah. he, I think, is just really needling Cass on anything that he's doing. And Cass really has to go above and beyond if he's trying to prove that this is something good. And we can see it here now. Like, Cass immediately affirms heaven has a vested interest in finding Jack since yeah. he could be a threat to them, too. Like, okay here are your doubts well i have done my homework and here's why they're okay like yeah don't have these doubts i've done my my part of this yeah exactly and um and you know dean dean wants to poke holes in it but but uh sam says you know I've, i've been looking for something anything weird and i found this one thing there's this there's this yeah. uh this uh professor and famous author uh atheist author <laughs> who yeah. who was turned to uh a, a salt turned to what did they say like a a, a block of salt a block he was crystallized of salt. into a block of salt yeah uh-huh 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 and then dean stands up and wanders off like salt why does that sound familiar i know like somehow dean doesn't remember like pillar <laughs> of salt is a famous fucking thing from the bible i don't know shit but i'm like yeah pillar of salt lot's wife duh 
well, well, we have Cass looking between Sam and Dean like, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, a pillar of salt. It's Lot's wife. This is biblical. I'm like, this is season five, too. This is one of the fucking yeah. heaven's weapons. How are you guys going? Like, I struggled with this Dean being like, so like an angel. And I'm like. Bitch, you know that it's a fucking heaven's weapon. Like, you're, I mean, it's been 10 years. You, mm, oh my god, you're right. This was fucking the stat. Uh, like, we did Balthazar this, right? Used Balthazar this to used this. Ice Raphael's <laughs> vessel at one point. I forgot about that. I'm like, you guys fucking that. know this. I forgot about that. That's hilarious. Oh. So, yeah, but somehow they're just like salt Bible question mark. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't believe they didn't even bring up uh, the you know the weapon uh, um, that Balthazar yeah. used, even yeah. though Balthazar, you know, you know, it's just it's like the little things, the little things. Yeah. Again. Well, we couldn't bring up the weapon at this point because we're supposed to conclude Jack in this point. Yeah, yeah, and Sam pulls up another weird occurrence where this faith healer, this evangelicist, um, evangelist, <laughs> I was like, I was like, e- Evangelion, it's the fucking anime. <laughs> no, this evangelist, a uh, faith healer, this woman was swallowed by the earth, and it, and witnesses say that it was as if a Fisher opened up under her and then closed, uh, sealing her inside. And yeah. and then Cass, you know, uh, starts rambling off this, uh, quoting the scripture. And he well, because Cass is here just to be the Bible, like, yeah. search control F. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. He quotes, he quotes Numbers 2610, which was uh, another punishment um, a, 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 like a false prophet, I guess, I think it was. But this woman was a faith healer uh, who was scamming from her, you know. Yeah, she was basically embezzling. So, yeah, of course, we got to kill her. Yeah, yeah. So, Duma, yeah, okay, yeah. So, Dean concludes, so this is either God or Jack, and you know where I'm putting my money on. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we we go back to Jack and Duma in heaven, and Duma is patting Jack on the back a little bit. She's like, you're doing an excellent job. Um, she goes on again about how when God was in his prime, heaven was in its glory, and you are helping restore heaven's glory, and you're doing, you're going to save the world, I guess. And yeah. And okay, so we haven't, I haven't really, we haven't talked about it, but honestly, like, what the fuck? This is, there is, there is no motivation for this. Well, we try to give motivation near the end of this episode when Cass says, you're just trying to cement your hold on heaven. So I feel like what we're meant to read between the lines there is Duma is putting herself as a wrathful leader. And so anyone who attempts to rise against her will know what's coming for them, essentially. I just really really wanted some fucking justification like there's not even any sort of like faith makes heaven stronger or or if they you know if they fall in if 
earth falls in line, then, you know, heaven will reign supreme. Prosper I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. It was bad. Yeah, it just straight up felt like we're going to spook people into believing in heaven and that question mark, question mark, question mark profit. <laughs> I don't know. I... I, I, again, I'm like, when I critique, I try to think of an alternative and I really felt what we're going to see coming up, the converting of angels could have really been an element that we examine. And that can be the thing that Sam and Dean are really fearful about. Like if Jack was kidnapping groups of like 15 or 30 people off the face of the earth and converting them into angels and we see whether or not that's actually working. Like that could be this horrific element where they go, we have to stop Jack. Yeah. But that's not what happened here. Yeah. So after here with Jack and Duma in heaven, after Duma stopped sucking heaven's dick, um, we... We have Duma, I guess, finally round around to the point, which is, uh, Jack, we need more angels. And I believe that you could be the solution to, to heaven's problems. You could save heaven by creating new angels. And you're unlike God, you can't, you know, create angels from nothing. But maybe, maybe if you had a, uh, a human who was, you know... Uh, predisposed predisposed to the idea then uh, you could take their soul and mold them into a new angel and yeah. and and jack is just like yeah sounds good let's try but but well he mean- well he sam and dean will like that and uh. she just kind of sidesteps it but that's his whole motivation at this point okay that's going to be something that they like cool i'm on board but this angel thing i was like oh Oh, yes. I've been waiting for this since season 13. Like, yes. since Naomi mentioned that Heaven was dying. I, yes. I, I, this is exactly where um, I wanted this angel thing to go and that Jack would be making new angels. And I've been waiting for the shoe to drop for a full year. And um, finally we have it. And finally it's... Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> no he sounds so happy this fucking church scene okay yeah so duma puts jack on god's throne to receive prayers and just you know listen in find someone who's worthy and so we hear these layered voices in prayer jack is concentrating and he picks out the prayer of this woman named Shelly, and she's leading a prayer group that are basically asking, deliver us on to heaven. I just, I don't know. I need a minute. I just have my face in my hands. I can't. Mm. We, <laughs> um, the Duma thing, I'm still, I'm still fucking mad about the Duma thing because, yeah, because like the whole reason that, we killed a bunch of people, killed a bunch of the unfaithful, and we and, and Duma got Jack to do it. It was just, I don't know, so that we could like e- escalate the uh, the um the fucking urgency. It yeah it it was giving Sam and Dean something to point to and say Jack is dangerous because, but it was. 
bad and lazy and weird because, as you said, it could have just been the angel thing. If we could have made the angel thing interesting and compelling and dangerous, mm-hmm. we didn't have to just, like, uh, fucking Make off- that step three on a ten-step process. Yeah, just off some people for no reason at all. And, oh my god, the next bit here, this is where I actually get quite frustrated with the fact that we decided to we decided to kill two people, and then <laughs> the third doesn't fucking die, even though the scripture was like, and he fucking dies. <laughs> but I anyways. Know, I know. So, oh my god. Okay, I have to, I have to pull myself back up out of this, because... Yep. I'm I'm sinking and I can't. Yeah, we're so. not playing bingo this time. We're not. It's fine. We're we're all happy. We're cheery <laughs> and we're looking for solutions. Okay. Um. So. so yeah, this church though. Um. We have Jack show up at this prayer group, and um. Shelly, as you said, is uh seems to be leading the prayer right now, and she sees Jack and she says, "Oh, come in, take a seat. Like, what's your name?" And and Jack, oh Jack, uh, oh Jack, yeah. Creepy Jack is creepy. He just is cutting straight to the Duma shit. Like, again, I feel like he's very much like Dean, where he's looking for an action plan to follow to fix things. You know, here's what we're yeah. going to do, and this is going to solve everything. He's, he, he says, um, did you mean it when you said that you wanted to go to heaven? And Shelly says, yes, that is what, that's what we all want. And he says, and you would like to be an angel? And Shelly says, of course, that's the goal. Be it would good be in a life. dream. Yeah, it would be a dream. And Jax just says, okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah, so- and so he reveals himself to this prayer group, first by his eyes glowing and then calling up a storm. And then he fucking glows and reveals his wings to the, to the yeah. prayer group. Yeah. And he asks them to come to heaven. He he freaks them right the fuck out at first. He, I mean, because he, he says, like, okay, good, then you can come to heaven with me, and I'll make you angels. And they're like, um, I'm sorry, what? Cool, 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 cool. Um, what? Uh, if this was Texas, I'd be real nervous right now. Oh, my God. But, but um... He reveals himself uh, as uh, he reveals his wings, and then they're all in awe. And he he does something, Jack. I've, it's like I feel like okay. Did you just take their souls to heaven? Like yeah. again, we could do the angel thing so interesting because you could just have a room of like fifteen vessels that are currently tied to their souls in heaven, and these souls are being transmogrified into angel grace and then this is fucking freaky we got to stop this like you could do something with that but instead we just have this room of catatonic faces these 15 people sitting there shelly's still at the pulpit and their guest speaker pastor ames marches in and he's like whoa what the fuck yeah and he can't believe what Jack is saying about, do you want to go to heaven? Do you believe? And just because the prayer group looks stupefied and like, here's this rando that is like, yeah, I'm an angel. I'll take you to heaven. It's like, 
Keska? Uh, <laughs> These people just went totally catatonic. They look fucking shroomed out, but freeze frame. Yeah. And it's so weird. But so Pastor Ames comes in and and he and and Jack says, Oh, are you gonna come with us? And Pastor Ames is like, No. It, it, Jack asks, so you don't believe? And Pastor Ames says, I believe, but I don't believe you. What? Yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to get Shelly's attention too. He is he is pretty distracted at this point. He's, yeah. He's re- he's realizing that something is really wrong. Yeah. Like here's this rando that has done something to 15 odd people and he's talking about going to heaven and shit like there's no wonder that he's coming in doubtful yeah so yeah Ames has grown concerned Jack asks him not to interfere but Ames is like get out and then somehow Jack has scripture that he knows because he knocks Ames down and recites a verse and Ames is suffused with worms when when Jack pulled out the fucking scripture mm-hmm. i i was just mad i was just yeah it was it because because again line 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 the we wrote this script and we did not care who was like what it meant for the actors yeah like i i would have appreciated seeing jack have more doubts about killing with like, I mean, even absolutely. with the permission of heaven, I feel like there would still be that, but killing's bad. bad. Yeah. I mean... But nothing of that. We're not doing it because we are showing Jack having blind faith that this is going to be the thing that fixes. But that still is really a struggle for me to accept. Jack is Shelly. Fi- smile on her face. Blank, wide-eyed stare. Mm. And yeah, it just feels so two-dimensional for this epic struggle that you've placed upon him. You know, like, is he soulless? Is he capable of right or wrong? Because if that question of is he capable, I mean, I guess what we're supposed to take from this is he'll just blindly do whatever anyone tells him. But I don't feel like that's right for Jack because we've seen Jack struggling so hard against what Hallucifer is saying and yet Duma shows up and he's like cool yeah point me I'm gonna do finger guns I'm gonna shoot them up with worms and salt and earthquakes and they're gonna fucking die yo yeah and yeah I just I lose it (laughs) over the scripture being like and he fucking died and then we see in this next scene (laughs) he didn't fucking die yeah yeah eaten by worms and he and he until he breathed his last and i'm like yeah. oh my god jk because we need him to talk in the next scene so <laughs> here we go zip zip zoom oh my god i uh sorry sorry also to like just fucking shut down on you there i'm i'm, no, I'm fine <laughs> honestly this is probably the scene where i i blue screened of death <laughs> i needed to reboot and i'm like there are so many contradictions happening yeah. to what the narrative is saying Jack is doing, to what is actually happening, to the way Jack I would anticipate seeing, yeah. to how we saw the characters in the last episode. But. <laughs> but. So, so, 
It's fine. We're fine. Yeah. So Sam, Dean, and Cass drive and they find this pastor Ames at a hospital. And um, they are just there essentially to confirm what happened the night before to him and that the congregation disappeared right in front of his eyes and he was taken. They were taken to heaven to quote unquote become angels. And Sam shows a picture to confirm that Ames saw Jack as the one doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Pastor Ames says that's him. And um, he shares his story about how just with a wave of his hand, he was laid out and uh, all these cuts opened up on his body and then worms started coming out. And Dean is not... (laughs) Not liking that story. I'm not liking that story. I'm like, grossy. Grossy. So um, I, I think it was Dean who said, oh, okay, get better soon. And then they yeah. walk out. Well, and there's this mention of Jack carrying out Heaven's orders. I'm like, right there, you're hearing Jack's being manipulated. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ames says it himself. Yeah. But we're not going to pay attention to that. Yeah. And Cass is just here to spit a Bible verse again, naturally. Uh-huh. But Ames didn't even die. So... I don't know. As Sam, Dean, and Cass are leaving the hospital, and they're like, okay, so what the hell is going on yeah. here? Uh, we, we do uh, have this little, like, dun-dun-dun moment in uh, Pastor Ames's uh, hospital room where a worm crawls out of his mouth. Like, okay. Why? I don't know, B. I've I never don't, I... made that waveform before. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. I felt briefly like a whale deep underground, <laughs> like seeking for uh, underground. Oh, is that where Under- whales go? It's a whale worm, I guess. <laughs> Who the fuck knows at this point? And just like calling out from miles around me. Why? Why? I don't know. I don't know. This I can't. happen. What? What the fuck, says my notes. We're fine. We're fine. And next scene. Next scene. We are at the bunker and Dean is adamant that Jack's head isn't right. Heaven's got its hooks into him. And so now they don't have a choice. They need to stop Jack once and for all. I mean, so Dean says two things in the scene. He says, I didn't want it to come to this either, but... And he goes into what what he goes into. But but mm-hmm. I, I do want to just take a second to say, well, he says, I didn't want it to come to this. This is the first time that Dean has said anything on his own feelings about mm-hmm. Jack since absence. I mean, not yeah. even in absence. He didn't since Mary's death. Like, yeah, because what we saw in absence was really him being like, no, I saw the warning signs too. But that's yeah. not anything necessarily to do with Jack and what to do with Jack. Exactly. This is the very first thing. Like, this is the first time that we're hearing from Dean about what Dean thinks. We've we've had his vibes. You know, we, yeah. we think we know where Dean is falling. But this is Dean saying, you know, I didn't want it to come to this. And he does say, but. And he brings Sam into the Malik box. He says, yeah. we can't kill him, but we can contain him. And Sam is just shocked. Like, you yeah. want to trap him? Like, 
is that even going to work? And Dean says, you know, it, it was built to hold an archangel. Uh, this is the only way. And Sam is really struggling with it, I think. Yes. Like Sam is saying, are we seriously talking about locking Jack in this? And Dean responds, we're seriously talking about not having a choice. And yeah. I just can't help but think of how Sam was trying to broach the subject of Jack earlier in this episode. Like he was trying to preemptively figure out where they sat on this issue, if it was going to be something that arises. You know, we need to talk about Jack and Dean being like, yeah, later. And yeah. then here Dean is springing this plan on Sam and essentially saying, I need you to go through with this. We both need to be on the same page. Well, that's the second thing that Dean said, you know, bring himself into how he feels about this whole thing. He said, well, Sam said, this is what you want? And Dean says, no, it's not what I want, but it's what we need. Yes. We have to do this. Yes. Uh, so I just thought that was interesting because thus far in this episode, we have had uh, Dean falling firmly on the negative side of things. The yes. anti-Jack side of things. But yeah, here, Jack's going to kill Bobby and his gang, looking constantly at what Jack has done. And you're right. So I don't... I, would you think of this as um, a flip-flop? Like we've seen a lot in this narrative? Or do you think this is actually something genuine to Dean? I, I struggle with that. Because yeah. I think that... There is an element of Dean saying what he needs to say to Sam to get Sam on board. Uh huh. And so I wonder how much of this, I don't want it, it's what we need to do, is just him working towards that goal. Like I was yeah. saying, he seems to really need to have something to drive towards. And so, okay, I've thought of a solution to the Jack problem. I need Sam on board. How can I get him to agree to this? I mean, I, I feel that too. I, I think I'm agreeing with you. Um, even though this is the first that we've heard from Dean using his fucking feeling words. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't think that they're necessarily where he's at. No, I think he still is trying to solve a quote unquote problem. problem. Because just the mere fact that he comes up with, we have to lie to Jack to get him into this box as his solution is telling me he's just looking at the solution. Exactly. You know? Exactly. He, he says they have to coax Jack into going inside by telling him about, you know, they just need some time to finish the spell to fix his soul. And Sam is taken aback. Like, what spell? There, There's no spell. And Dean going, we know that. He doesn't need to, though. Exactly. And on Dean needing Sam to be on board with this, uh, Dean says, and you're the one who's going to have to convince him to do this. You are the one who's spoon feeding this bullshit to Jack because there's no way I'm going to be able to pull it off. He said, he says, I could lose it. I will lose it. 
I need yeah. you to do this. Like we you're only the one. have the one shot. Yeah, and and if he senses that we are not one hundred percent sincere on this, if he smells that bullshit, then we're fucked. We only have yeah. one shot. Yeah, we're gonna lose him for good. Yeah, because Sam says like, so what are we gonna do? Just shove him in? And Dean has and Dean's the one who says no. If he gets in, it has to be his choice. Yeah, and just the fact that he's talking in these terms of if we fuck this up. Jack's gone forever. You can see Sam go exactly. Yeah. Like we're going to lose Jack if we go through this. If he finds out that we lied to him. But that's just swept away in the tide of what Dean is saying. Like the consequences of Jack being out in the open is too great to allow. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what ultimately uh, wins Sam over. It's like as bad as it is, we are now sitting here pointing at look at what he's doing. Look at what Jack is doing. He's out there killing people. Yeah. It, we're, we're trying to make him irredeemable. Yeah. So. The narrative in this episode has required Jack to seem like an irredeemable figure. Yeah. And I feel like what we're seeing in this moment is Sam doesn't want to agree, but he doesn't want his brother to do this alone because as Dean says... Sam's been the one in Jack's corner. Jack will buy whatever he's selling. Whereas if Dean tries it and fails, I think they're still afraid of, you know, what caused Jack to kill Mary? What were the triggers to that? If Dean does this and fails, is he going to be killed by Jack? Yeah. And so I feel like Sam signed on because he wasn't going to let Dean go alone and risk failing and dying because of it. I mean, they still have no idea what happened. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we get a new angel! Yeah! And I was like, oh my god, don't kill him, please. Oh my god, I so, I I remember, I still vividly remember the, um, (laughs) our our Discord messages when I was watching the episode. You've already seen it. Yes. But, um, so I basically just spam you with uh, messages as I'm watching the episode. I get a live vlogging, it's so exciting. (laughs) And, and I was like, hi, new angel! And then literally 10 seconds later, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Cass shows up at the playground where Heaven's Gate is kept. And then this angel, Aramail, is holding guard. Cass seeks entry in, but Heaven is close to him. And per orders from Duma, he's not allowed in. And we get this ha-ha statement of Cass going, I am going to heaven and Aramail going, that's what everyone thinks. And, and, uh, Angel Blades out. Angel Blades out! And I was like, oh no. And then we cut to black. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, there's way too few angels left to be killing Will and Yelly. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. So, oh, man. Oof, we're left on that tense note. And we return to Jack in the throne room with Shelley's prayer group, and he is converting them one by one into angels so we see their eyes glow blue and they look like they're going whoa like some sort of revelation is happening not even i actually read that as they're still totally spaced out their faces were not like unchanging honestly yeah the only thing that was happening was their eyes looking around it was weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just that they were still spaced out until after he had done the thing. Yeah. We don't see really how this plays out. And even oh my brother my was asking, so did that work? Oh, my God. And I'm like, God. well, this is all we find out. Oh, my God. But Doom is saying that it's working. So I guess that's what we have to take. 
the, we have Jack doing this, and then we drop it like a fucking hot potato. <laughs> we don't see this scene again. Spoilers, not spoilers, but we have no idea how this turns out. Yeah, because we're interrupted, essentially, by a cast trotting in Aramail, and then Duma's like, oh shit, I've been caught. Yeah, hey, good news, Cass. I found Jack. I loved this scene. Duma's like, Aramail, really? And then Cass steps out and she, her face, she's like, oh, Castiel, hi. Surprise, I actually think this is good. Look, good news. I found Jack. And then Jack is like, oh, Cass, hey, I, I'm making angels. Yeah, he's pleased, and he's telling Cass, essentially, like, I'm doing something good, be proud of me, like, Sam and Dean are gonna be happy again down that road. And Cass, you can see right away, is just like, "Uh uh-oh. And and Cass, like, gives Jack a little smile and a nod, he's like, oh yeah, okay, and then turns to Duma, um... Can I have a word outside? Yeah, it was total parent vibes. Like, excellent job, sweetie. Honey, can we just go into the other room and talk for a minute? And then, like, what the fuck is going on? It was amazing. I loved that. I mean, one of, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if there is anything redeemable about this episode, it was um, kind of probably this last five minutes, but. Yeah, well, it, it starts shaping up. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. <laughs> okay, so back at the bunker, Dean and Sam are in the library. Sam is sitting and he's just very doubtful that Dean's plan will work. And Dean is like, well, we'll only know if we try. And I'm like, that is such a fucking risky biscuit move in this, <laughs> like, as far as you know. Yeah, we're going to evoke Jack and hope that we don't die. <laughs> Well, I mean, they do know that he tried to bring Mary back, and he he was. But you know, it doesn't seem to mean anything to them that I he's know. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, but but they seem to believe that all Jack wants is their forgiveness because that's what Sam says. I don't know if they believe that because if they actually believe that, why don't they follow through? But this is going to be a conversation that comes later in this episode. Uh huh. Sam, right now, he begins his prayer to Jack and essentially is saying that bad things happened, but we're family, your family, and we want to talk with you. Get through this. You know, that's how we'll all move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the halls of heaven, Cass is accusing Duma of using Jack to solidify her rule and she's cementing a reign of terror in heaven. Yeah, and if there if there is any motive, if there is any takeaway on Duma's thing, it's this that um, through this reign of terror, she's trying to solidify her hold on heaven. I really wanted to take it in a more like a we're one hundred percent through angels or faith trying to bolster heaven's power. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. But apparently Doom is just a power-hungry bitch. Yeah. And I'm like, how much of an iron fist do you need when there's, like, nine of your brethren left? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Because, mm, we're getting there. Duma, she counters Cass's argument saying that heaven's never had any mercy. You know that. And she thinks that she's saving heaven, the angels, the world by what she's doing. I'm like, this is, again, delusions of grandeur I never anticipated from Duma. No, we 
um we needed a named angel to do this plot line and yeah. we didn't have very many of them yeah i don't want to put too many words to it but it's basically like this episode with duma especially um she just got did dirty yeah Duma done dirty. <laughs> Duma done dirty. And and I I want to take this episode and Duma in this episode and just hold it very, very, very far away from every other instance of Duma that we've seen. Yeah. Up to this point. Because really I really enjoy Duma. Yeah. It's like it's like I really enjoy Duma as a character. I, yes. I have loved her in both this season and last season. And and certain writers just tend to throw those characters away because they don't matter. Yeah. And then, like, the thing that is strengthening this show, in my opinion, yeah. is the extended cast. Because it helps the world feel real. Yeah. When you're able to look at these named characters that you can see again and again and get to know them as the plot goes. And then here we see in this cumulative moment that is happening between Duma and Cass, it gets tossed. It's just that I think that we said this um, on the last Buckleming episode uh, that it is just really very unfortunate that we have this season and we see each episode and each episode those um those storylines and the threads are just so tightly and neatly tied off you know Mm -hmm. they thread together so well the episodes and the narrative um and then when you have an episode like this it it's very jarring yeah, you see the warp in the weave. Exactly. And it's very unfortunate because I I personally I see it as unnecessary and easily mm-hmm. avoided. It, but it just really kind of takes you out of the story in a really big way. And it's something especially with Duma how we just tossed her out. Um Yeah. She became what the plot needed rather yeah. than a who character is this character was... who what is she motivated by yeah it's something that i had hoped that we had moved past yeah it's something that we don't see very often anymore even though it is like it unfortunately a common pitfall with the series as a whole mhm and it's i don't know it's very 2007 yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, it feels regressive when we see these things happen. For sure. Um, but Duma is in standing here in front of Cass, and she is saying, "Oh, please, uh, uh, heaven was ever merciful. Uh, uh, you know that better than anybody. Yeah, you, you Castiel. Um, a reign of terror, maybe a reign of terror is what we need." You know, is basically yeah. what it boils down to. We're going back to Heaven's Roots, essentially. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And this conversation's getting interspliced with yeah. Sam's continued prayer. And I I kind of don't like where he goes in this next one, because he's saying that he and Dean need to see Jack, and that Mary and Kelly would want him to do this. I'm Again, like, very 
disingenuous to the character. It, I feel Sam being uncomfortable when these things come up. Which I, you know, kudos to you, Jared, for bringing that into yeah. your delivery. But it's just, we have had Jack, we have had Duma, we have had Nick and now Sam all bringing in Kelly like this is a thing that everyone just has on their mind at the moment. I guess fucking Sagittarius is in line on this new moon because it's time to just evoke the dead mom because Kelly's on the mind and it just doesn't make sense that this is something that would flow through like the fucking hive mind of everyone speaking to Jack in this episode, and and it just feels like such a low, dirty ball oh, to yeah. toss. Being oh, like, yeah. your mom would want it. I'm like, cool manipulation again. This is the problem. This is the big concern with Jack. But whatever, we're manipulating him. Yeah, Duma. When she's talking to Cass, she says that she can't control Jack, and Cass agrees. That Jack is strong, but he's also a child without a soul to guide him. And Duma says, well, I can do it. So I'm like, finally, Cass is talking the way I would expect him to talk about Jack, which is true. You have a two-year-old who is not educated in the gray spaces of life. He struggles now, especially with this right and wrong. And... Okay, finally it's being acknowledged. And Duma is also admitting, like, I ain't got a control on this. You know, I'm riding the tiger as long (laughs) as I can. And I'm going to see what happens when I hop off. Yeah, yeah. So I did like that. You know, we're we're finally bringing it back around to, okay, I can see where we're coming. I don't know. Again, uh, well, I shouldn't say that because it is another flip-flop. And I don't like these flip-flops. Like, even in Sam, his prayer, there's a lot of flip-flop. And it's, uh, it's bad. It's bad. It's covering all the ground that Sam thinks is necessary to evoke Jack, basically. Like, he finally says the magic words, which is, we just want things to be the way they were. And that's all that Jack wants. So Jack hearing these prayers, he's like, bingo bongo. That's the thing that I'm pinging on. Yeah, yeah. But right now we're with Cass and Duma, where yeah. uh, Cass is challenging Duma, uh, no, you will not use Jack in this way. Yeah. I won't let you. Yeah. He's going to retrieve Jack, but yeah. Duma presses for a fight, essentially. She says yeah. that she has the high ground. You know, Mary and John, they're in their heavens, and I can take them out with a snap. I'm like, that is the wrong thing to bring up in this moment, as we see. Because Cass shanks a bitch. Yeah, he wastes no time, just kills her. He is not fucking around. He, he, he kills her. He, yeah, I, I, I cannot. I'm sorry. I cannot m- meet you, anybody in this moment. I'm just gonna sit here. And I'm gonna say what happened. Um, so sorry. Love you guys. No, can't do it. <laughs> it. I'm like okay. I will sit there and say, Cass did this because you basically hovered your finger over the nuclear button. 
And he's like, that is one thing I cannot allow to happen. Yeah. Like, Sam and Dean will be fucking devastated. It will be terrible for Mary. John oh, is he there. Already, he already feels a lot of guilt from from absence. I mean, think about yeah. how he does feel it is his fault. Like, he should yes. have said something. So, I can look at it in that light. But um, also, no, I can't. This is bad. Yeah. I take the step back from that and I'm like, you have like 10 brethren left and they are necessary to uphold heaven. And you were just like, fuck you, goodbye to one of them. Not even a word. And this is Cass. Cass cares more than anybody. Cass is like, and he, we have now seen him draw a blade twice on his, you know, brothers and sisters. But it's like, I don't know. Cass is always approaching heaven and the angels with a a deep reluctance to hurt and a deep kinship and he never for for him to do this it it, it was cold yeah and i mean i could sit there put down the logic about defending mary and john and also tie in with the fact that she was the character who was doing this iron terror reign for heaven she brought jack to like she made jack this uh, uh, like this monster who was killing people under her orders yeah so i could see all of those things becoming the justification for having Cass do this as opposed to Cass's justification in doing this I see all those things. I see all those reasons and I understand them. And I know that Cass has been pushed to this, but, but uh, sorry. No, do I? No, I can't. It was still cold. It was still cold. And And that's not Cass. It felt like here we've given all the reasons why it's okay that Cass did this. But it doesn't feel like Cass himself would feel okay with it. And we don't see any remorse or anything afterwards. No. No. It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. So Cass goes to find Jack, but he's just that moment too late because Jack has flown off on Sam and Dean's prayer. Yep. And at first, Sam and Dean aren't sure that it worked, but then they react because they hear Jack's flap of wings. And Jack is just so glad that he can see them again. Is he? Is he, though? The first thing that he's doing is trying to tell, like, I've been helping heaven, you know, because yeah. it'll make Sam and Dean happy goes unsaid. He's That's the first thing that he brings up. Yeah. Well, he says, I'm so glad. Yeah. And he says, I've been, well, what he says is, I've been helping to purify the earth. So, like, fuck you. Not not you, not Jack. Fuck you. I hope you know the you I'm talking to. <laughs> uh, but, and, and making angels. He's making angels. He's so proud of himself. Yeah. And I do think it is, I, I'm like, I found that dead horse and I am beating it. It is. <laughs> Dean and Jack are both characters that we see that are motivated by action. You know, give me a goal. Give me something that I can work on. And here Jack has been doing all of these actions and he just completed making angels. So I do think that he is a little bit puffed up on that accomplishment. Like, yeah, the 
ability to be working with his hands, working with his powers to do something he perceives as good is a huge deal to him. And the fact that Sam and Dean will be pleased with this, according to Duma, he just can't wait to tote it a bit to his horn or whatever. <laughs> no, I, I do agree. Um, but from this point forward, where we actually go into Jack's explanation of what happened, uh, because this is the first time that he has spoken to Sam and uh, Dean mm-hmm. on what happened, I just, I take this scene and I want to put it side by side to Jack and Rowena in absence. Mm-hmm. When Jack went to Rowena and explained what happened, and yes. we saw that remorse and that panic and that just uh, desperation to be understood yes. in in him when it, when Jack was talking to Rowena, and then here with with what Jack is saying here now to Sam and Dean, yes, it's uh it's bad lads. It, the way that he is conveying it, I'm, okay, we sit there as the writer thinking from that perspective, and he is saying these things in just the perfect way to piss Sam and Dean off. Yeah, yeah, but be, uh, I'm just like, it's not even the words he uses. The words he uses are just tailored to just uh, piss them off. be exactly the wrong thing to say. But even his demeanor is what really gets me. Because he's just like, oh, this happened. Sorry. Yeah. It sounds like a recitation. And it just sounds insincere when he goes, I regret it. Yeah. The accident. You know, what happened to Mary? Exactly. I'm just like staring at the wall. Fuck. (laughs) Because, because... Just last episode, Absence, Jack with Rowena, it was freaking profound. Masterful, yeah. Yeah, masterful. That's the thing. Aye, aye, aye. I, the only way I'm able to square away the way that he is saying this is because I, hey, dead horse, Jack (laughs) has been doing action. He's been doing these things. And so he feels accomplished and, you know, they're going to like what I did. And so I'm going to talk to them like they're already happy. Yes, exactly. He he feels that, um, you know, he couldn't bring Mary back. Duma herself says, you know, you couldn't save Mary, but you can do this. So yes. He, he couldn't redeem himself in that way. But here he is redeeming himself in something that he can do. And he has been successful. Yeah, he's gone through that to-do list. He's done all these checkboxes. So now he feels that he's coming to Sam and Dean with something concrete. And and it's just, I don't know. He's the fucking cat bringing the dead bird to the doorstep. But he doesn't see it that way. He's like, hey, look, I'm feeding you. Yeah, and unfortunately, he just sounds brusque and dismissive as he's going over Mary's death like it was her fault. And that's what Dean really, you can see really tightly in Dean's face, how sharply that hurts. Now, I think that this is the best scene in the whole episode, hands down. We have Jensen just 
playing it so stiff yeah still and tight and stiff and he is just the subtlety in acting is is extraordinary here yes uh both from jared and jensen um yes jensen is um just i can't even explain it but dean is standing there and it's as he said i can't sell this because i will break yeah and he's trying so hard to not exactly jack wrong but he can't hold it all in right he yeah he, he is being not snide but um like oh so she made you do it yeah the accident yeah he we is allowed to have out. another accident accident he is lashing out in his own way and it's yes. left to it is ultimately left to sam to reassure jack at every turn yeah but i really feel sam and dean's fear here like going oh, yeah. back to i said earlier that they don't know what triggered jack into killing mary they only know that it happened and so here they have called jack to them and they know they're going to lie to him they know they have to manipulate him and without that idea of you know what could we do that will go wrong and he'll kill us instantly you feel the fear in both of them but you also feel dean's building anger yeah it almost feels like it's cementing because as jack comes closer and he says you know i wish it didn't happen and just none of this is coming across how he hopes or intends it. And Dean forces himself to agree and say, you know, we understand. He doesn't. And nah. we forgive you. He doesn't. he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And you can hear Sam go right away. Like, he's still on that fearful note. That's what you want, right? You'd like that. He's just appeasing or trying to be appeasing to Jack still at this point. Yeah. I feel like for Sam, uh, he is more, like, empathetic in this moment because he, or he is showing more empathy in this moment because I think that we see Sam, you know, fearing Jack, but also we see him kind of turn over to, uh, oh, this is just Jack. And now I, I have to betray know. him. You don't? You don't? I don't agree with it. I don't. I What I'm still seeing is Sam being afraid and figuring out how to, like, what appeases Jack. What keeps him yeah. from killing them. I, that's right. what I'm still feeling in this moment. Because he's right. going, you like that, right? And, like, he reaches out a hand to put on Jack's shoulder and he is he's... fucking frightened the whole way that he's doing that. Yeah, yeah, he's he's shaking through it. Uh, no, I, it, you're right. That fearful note does does go through the whole conversation. I just, I don't know. I think that I did get from Sam that same conflict. You know, that internal conflict. Like he's scared, and that's why he's doing this. But he doesn't necessarily want to do this, and it is paining him in a way to do this. I 
I do see that. I just don't think that that is the higher level going uh-huh. on in Sam right now. I think the fear is the foremost that he is reacting to. And he's uh-huh. just trying to get through this circumstance. Yeah. Because he's doing a shaky job assuring Jack that they're trying to keep Jack safe. You know, Dean's trotted out the lie that we're close to restoring your soul. We just need to keep you safe until it's ready. And yeah. Jack doesn't understand. So Dean explains, you know, you could hurt others, have another accident. And Jack just <sighs> goes, oh, like, that's the moment I think Jack realizes, like, maybe not all is forgiven. Like, oh, my God, I have such a hard time with this conversation when thinking from Jack's perspective, because Jack doesn't have the nuances to realize that what Dean is saying is not what he is meaning, that there is this wrathful energy coming from Dean, because Jack still is taking things on a superficial level. He you say the words, I hear the words. That's what you mean. And, and you, as you've been saying through this whole episode, he is just so ready to latch on to the one, to whatever it's going to take to get things back to how they were before. Yeah, he trots out that I just want things to go back to how they were. Like, that's what he's always asked for. That's what Sam said in his prayer. And when he mentions this, there's just a small smile and he's relieved that they understand. Yeah. But as this conversation goes on, Sam doing his shaky job assuring Jack, that's when you can see Jack starting to have doubts. He doesn't have enough experience to read this stuff, but you can see he's having a gut level instinctive reaction going, something's off here. Yeah, this scene was really nuanced. It it, yes. it was, uh, and yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I like. I wish I had a pin in a Buck Lemming bingo so that I could circle <laughs> scene saved by fantastic acting. Yes. But, <laughs> sorry, it's fine. Yeah. But th- this this was um this was my favorite scene of the episode, and it was fucking heart wrenching. Yeah, this is the scene. That the episode was pushing us towards. Yeah. And it was really rewarding. It's frustrating to think of how we got here, but we sit that scene down and we look at what everyone's doing. It's really fucking good. Yeah. And yeah, Sam manages to convince Jack to be on board with their plan. And Jack looks doubtful, but he still is so trusting of them that he'll follow them to the archive room. Yeah, because he... Again, he just needs that. The whole, this is his family. I, and I this is what his family is saying to become part of the family again. We forgive you. And we're doing this for your own good. Yeah. You know, this protect is for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. To protect you and to, you know, and to protect others. And they, and you know what? I did like that they didn't shy from that. They do say more than anything else. Like, it's to protect you. But they also do say to Jack, it's to protect others. Stop another accident. Accident, exactly. Um, so we we beat that one into the dirt. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good scene. It's worthy of the beating, I guess. It can yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we follow up right away. We're going to the archive room and Jack is tepidly following Dean inside with Sam behind them. And we see the Moloch box 
and it's open in all of its infamy. Uh-huh. And Dean is trying to assure that it's comfy and it's good. And Sam repeats that, you know, you're not, you, it's, no one's going to get hurt now if you get into this. Yeah. And I'm like clawing my face. Give him a pillow. Oh my God. That was one of the things my brother and I were like, get him an <laughs> MP3 player, get him a pillow, get him some snacks, get, make sure he has good Wi Fi, feed a fucking cable through. I don't know. Like, oh, what the fuck? So, and, mm, yeah. There, uh, Sam and Dean are still tiptoeing. And, um, and, and, oh, B, you fucking. I, I've been sitting here for the past five minutes and just my stomach is still sinking from when you said uh, that Jack does have that gut intuition mm-hmm. knowing that something is wrong, but he just doesn't have the context or even the confidence to call them out on it. Yeah. He's hearing what he wants. Yeah. And there's a catch to it. And he's still debating whether he should, you know, okay, the catch is worth it. I get my family back. Oh All I have God. to do is this one thing. Yeah. But he's he's doesn't want to, but he wants the thing that it comes with so badly. Oh, my God. Uh, I didn't expect to be struck by the feels for this it, one. I'm like, again, I'm... <laughs> I'm that fucking internet meme, Jack going, I've never done anything wrong in my life. And I'm like, I know this and I love you. <laughs> like, I can sit and be like, I, I can see the objectively wrong yeah. things that he's done. And I go, but I know why he did it. And it's just oh kind God. of like, you stab Stacy. Oh, what did she do to you, honey? <laughs> like, oh, my God. I, You're going to be I, a horrible mom. You're gonna no, be a I'm nightmare gonna be mom. Awesome. I'm gonna be an awesome mom. I'm be horrible for everyone else, but <laughs> exactly. It's okay. Oh, All man. I'm gonna be raising is like cats. So <laughs> my damage can only go so far. We Yeah. Oh, Jack just is saying he understands and Sam prods him and so Jack agrees to get in. But he just looks nervous. He looks uncertain. Yeah. And yeah. Dean and Sam are both kind of steamrolling him along, going, you know, hop on in. And it's just so tense because you can tell Sam and Dean need this. And Jack just doesn't want to do it, but he wants his family back. And the Jack sits down and he says, oh, it's not, it's not too bad. Yeah. And, and he asks, uh, how long until I can come out? And... Sam says not too long and he seems so pained. Um, and then he put he slaps that mask back on and he says, you got this. We got this. Yeah. I really feel like this transition between the vague answer to putting the smile on and saying, Jack, we got this. That's the moment where he realizes they can do this. I think all the lead up to there, he really is not even convinced that he can sell this. But when they have Jack sitting in there and he does it, we got this. Like, that's the moment, I think, where he sells, you can trust me. And I'm like, that's the moment that fucks you guys. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. And uh, that... 
Man, I mean, me, I'm yelling at my TV at this moment when Sam says, not too long. I'm, I'm like, that's not a fucking answer. And and then, then I felt freaking validated when later those doubts came back to mm-hmm. Jack himself, where, uh, uh, you know, he does start to consider, oh, I, like... I, I didn't read the fine print. Yes, I didn't read the fine print. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But, but right now he just smiles at both yeah. of them. And he goes, okay. And he lies down. Like he just, this is the embodiment of the innocence of a child happening yeah, right here. Exactly. exactly. My parents are telling me that th- it's going to be okay and it's not going to be so long. So, okay, I'm going to trust them. Holy and shit, like, B, you have to stop oh, hurting me. I no, can't. I'm... Uh, <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. Everyone gets hurt. <laughs> Kick me one more time. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So Dean shuts the Moloch box and he works the locks quickly. And you can see Sam just sweats it out. And for a silent moment, it sinks in on them what they've just done. And then they leave. Oh, oh. and they leave. That's where I'm just like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you fucking idiots. You have him locked in a box that you believe is safe. Now is when you talk to him and you go, what's going on? I'm like, use your words, you adult-sized idiots. Like, Ugh! They fucking, they shut the the door. Dean deadbolts it. And- Sam locks it. Oh, is it Sam? It's of Sam who it's locks it. Of course it's fucking Sam. And- yeah, Jack's alone in the box, and he's going, Sam? They can Dean? hear him calling and for them. He just has his phone light. He sounds so increasingly worried, and they don't go to him. I'm like, I feed my cat regularly, and my cat meows like I have a fit. I'm like, oh my god, baby, I am so sorry. You're right. You haven't ate a day in your life. And here <laughs> these guys are. Jack is just going, Sam? Dean? And, like, you can hear the worry in his voice. And they're just like, anyway, it's time to drink. Bye. And mm. I know. It makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Especially for the just, uh, again, with the flip-flop. They mm-hmm. We have been told again and again by both Sam and Dean, oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I was pushed into this. Like, this is the, the we never expected this, but uh, fuck you. Yeah, like, like. Yeah, like, what do you think that is going to come from this? You've put him in a box in your fucking like, you're going to walk down that hallway. He's going to still be there. This great show of reluctance. And then Mm -hmm. Dean looking sad, but resolved. Yeah. Like, okay, then it's time to go fucking have a drink. Yeah. Go to reminisce that about bottle the, of scotch that Ketch brought. And... Yeah, reminisce about the good old days. Like, fuck. Sit and with yet, him. We finally have Sam going, like, are we really just going to go on with it? Like, is this really our long-term solution? Yeah. yeah. And Dean's saying, well, we have to. And Sam just doesn't know if he can. But Dean yeah. changes the subject again. He's like, yeah, this is good scotch here that Cash left for us. And Sam does look a bit frustrated about this, but he just says he never thought Jack's story essentially would end this way. And uh, Dean says, well, from the beginning, we knew this was a long shot. 
Yeah. And Sam just going, but I thought long shots were our kind of thing. Yeah. And then they fucking like cheers and take a drink. And I'm like, he's literally 20 feet away from you. You can just go and talk to him. I know. Go get a fucking counselor. Sit down for family therapy and be like, okay, Jack, here's right and wrong. And like, here's the things that we're struggling with. And like, like, as far as you know, he's locked in this fucking box. Sort out your shit that you need to. He's not a monster. He's your kid. At what point did you decide that he is the monster that needs to be locked up? Yeah. Because it happened sometime during this episode, but it really didn't sink in for me. It didn't feel like something that made sense with the reluctance to pin blame on Jack in the last episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. That's it. That is the crux of it all. Um, It's not fitting. These puzzle pieces are not fitting into yeah. a, a pretty picture. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Cass comes in. Well, not yet, because no. we see Jack increasingly upset and going like, I don't think I like this. And oh then God. Lucifer appearing, going, you got played. Jack thinking, well, the, I should trust them. They said that I should trust them. Yeah. And Lucifer going, and you believe that? And I'm like, I point to this because I've said up to this point that Lucifer, everything he's saying to Jack is just Jack's doubts and Lucifer's trying so hard to convince Jack of them because they're not true. Like, Jack doesn't know this, that that's why he's struggling with it. But they're not true. That's why Lucifer's fighting so hard. But because Sam and Dean lied, because they have flipped the script and now no longer can Jack trust them, now all of the things that Lucifer was saying before have fertile ground within Jack exactly. to actually take ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all almost hypothetical up to this point. Yeah, but now this his doubts, Jack's doubts, have fertile ground. And he can go, you know, trust is a two-way street. Why do you think that they locked you in here? Why didn't they give you more concrete answers about how long that this will take? Like you, yeah. you know, you're fucked. We have we have Lucifer um, now poking holes in this whole story that the brothers spun, uh, and and it's every gap that we as a viewer saw. We now uh, have Jack examining himself, kind mm-hmm. of realizing coming out of that, you know, faith. Yeah. And unfortunately, finally, Lucifer's right. Like, finally, these doubts are right. And it's because Sam and Dean lied. Like, and they you gave left your him. Kid, you gave your kid a reason not to believe you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Now here's Cass. He yeah. comes in breathless and he brings them news that Duma was manipulating Jack, saying that it would please Sam and Dean. And you can see, again, Dean is just ready to needle at whatever Cass is saying because he instantly responds back. So now it's our fault. Like, he's just so upset he's not listening really to what Cass is saying. Yeah, I think that I think that maybe all of this is why I was a little like, uh, at uh, the opening scene where mm-hmm. Cass was kind of standing shoulder to shoulder to Dean. Because, you know, Dean is still being very antagonistic. 
yes. towards uh, Cass in this whole episode. He's but... making Cass earn every uh-huh. step that he's trying to take towards him. Yep. Yeah. And Cass is just very adamant about finding Jack right away to tell him, you know, the, it's manipulation. This isn't what we actually want. This is how we can fix things. But Sam answers that Jack's here. And Dean <laughs> says that he's locked up and safe. And Cass is outraged. Uh, and in this absolutely. moment, he's looking at Sam more than Dean. Like he, I think between the two of them, he's really shocked that Sam went along with it. Right. And, you know, in this final few minutes, we do focus in on Sam Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. We focus in on Sam's kind of emotional journey through this, you know. Yeah. Because Cass can understand Dean's thinking that this is okay because Dean's in this really heated, wrathful, action-oriented state. But he just can't get why Sam would go along with it why he yeah. would be okay with yeah. doing this to jack yeah the directing of these last few shots it's we are uh we we are really closely examining sam here yeah and lucifer continues to press jack's doubts this time about the cure to his soullessness you know like that macguffin that you were so happy to believe in and jack's voice is breaking And Lucifer calls him clueless, naive, trusting. And, like, these are all good traits that can be abused and have been abused by everyone in this episode, barring Cass. Yeah. So Jack gets pushed. Lucifer saying, you know, like, you're useless now. His crime of killing Mary is too much to get over. The Malik box is all that he has. So Jack uses his powers rattling the box and Lucifer pushes him to do better than that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. We're back to Cass and uh, Dean and Sam and Cass is saying, you yeah. are manipulating him the same as Duma. You, yeah. You're no better than her. Yeah. And and this is the moment where I feel Cass realizes that he has no friends in this fight. Yeah. If he is participating in this fight, he is solely on Jack's side. Yeah. And, okay, cool. You guys aren't my allies anymore. Dean's not backing down from this living death that he's put Jack in. Dean's arguing, well, Jack agreed to do it. He knows it's for the best. I'm like, fuck that, first of all. Uh-huh. He was listening he to didn't... his parents telling him they know best. And, and and you lied to him on top of that. He didn't agree to anything, but yeah. Yeah. So Jack brings it. The seals are glowing and the Malik box is melting as Lucifer cackles. Like, Lucifer's uh-huh. getting what he wants, finally. And Sam is trying to interject between this argument of Cass and Dean. And Dean repeating, like you've pointed out, I wish I could forget about him after what he did, but this is the only play they have. Like, we're getting a better sense of where Dean is, and it's genuinely, Dean is still so fixated on what Jack did to Mary. Yeah. That action, that event, he just cannot conceive cannot move past his grief is still fixated there yeah yeah it's uh i i I get from both cass and sam that this is something that is redeemable but not in dean's eyes not yet no yeah exactly i feel like sam would have gone a different way with jack 
he would have approached things differently. But he couldn't leave Dean on this path alone. Because yeah. if Dean would go after Jack alone to put him in this box, he would fail. Yeah. And they don't know what happened with Mary, but a failure with Jack could lead to Dean's death. And so Sam had to go along with his brother to keep his brother safe. I 100% agree. And I like that because I didn't I didn't think about it in that way where um, Sam is so fearful of Jack and what Jack is capable of that he, uh, his hand is forced, you know? Yeah. Uh, they just have question marks about what happened there. And yeah. unfortunately, they don't take the opportunity to clear it up when they have Jack in the box. When they have every every opportunity in the yeah. world. Use your fucking words. Uh, He's no. two. You guys are edging on 40. Like, be the grown-ups. Be the parents. This is a kid. This is not a monster. <laughs> Anyways, we're fine. Um, Anyways, boom. Yes. There's rattling, distant percussive noises, and the emergency red lights glow. Uh-huh. So the three of them run to the archive and when they open the door it's just dust filled there's twisted metal and through the red haze we see Jack's glowing eyes yeah and the cheapest shot of the whole episode Sam on a shaky exhale says Jack Jack <laughs> and then we cut cut to yes work. Fuck you! Uh, I'm like, again, I'm like, Jack's never done anything wrong a day in his life. I know this isn't true, but I don't believe he's a villain even in this moment. And I'm upset that I am being told to think it. Jack, you still ain't scary, is what my notes say. So... But, but, but I was, I was, I thought it was cheap for this episode to repeat what we did Mm. with game night where we ended on that suspenseful mary Mm -hmm. um and then here to do it again two episodes later i too soon soon. yeah and it was i i it, it just feels plagiarized honestly you guys are curbing from your same notes yeah um, but whatever, and, and and it didn't hit where it should have, even if it was, you know, something that I could have taken seriously, because it, it's it's like we see Jack glowing eyes emerge from the fog, and he's like as Lucifer as he could ever possibly be. I mean, as Lucifer like as like his we posture. Have seen him. Is yeah. his face Stalking. tipped forward, yeah. like kind of looking out beneath his brows at them. So it's supposed to be a very menacing stance. Yeah, we did this exact same thing when he was born, but it, I don't like it and it's not good and it doesn't hit. It's, there's there's no foundation there, so you're not getting yeah. a, across I, what you I want think- to. I'm sitting here, I'm like, I think that that's my final takeaway, actually, is that what we're seeing in this episode is kind of their culminative step to convince us that Jack can be a villain, or he is a villain. Yeah. And it's pulling out all the stops in pushing us towards that direction, but 
I I can't speak for the audience at large. Maybe there are people watching it that absolutely agree. And, you know, if you're a listener that did feel Jack was a villain in this moment, like, please reach out because I would be really yeah. interested in that conversation. Absolutely. But as I was watching, I, I couldn't meet the narrative there. I could really only see Jack as being manipulated and being naive and trusting all of those traits Lucifer was bringing up and just seeing how they were being abused. I I agree. And you know, I'm probably only 60% as team Jack as you are. <laughs> but still, I'm I, that uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm right where you are where no, I don't see Jack as the villain and I think it was just a uh it was very manufactured. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, I'm not following. Yeah. I think we mentioned briefly at the end of Absence that if you went from Absence into episode 20, you could find some narrative strength that it would be singing the same tune. Whereas in Jack in the Box here, we kind of took a, a roundabout way that made us toy with the idea of Jack as a villain, but ultimately I didn't pick that toy up. I put it back in the toy box. I was like, cool, I I don't have an interest in accepting this. Yeah, you're right. And if you were to remove Jack in the box completely, this, this episode didn't bring us anywhere that we weren't already at with the end of Absence. So yeah. we could pick up on the beginning of episode 20 in the exact same place yeah. that we left off of in, absent, in absence where there is that distrust and uncertainty of, um, you know, uh, b- between both Jack and the Winchesters. Yeah. Uh, and, and this didn't add anything. Well, that's the about the only thing that this episode is doing is cementing for Jack that Sam and Dean are not allies. And cementing for Sam and Dean that they will not be able to win Jack's trust. Yeah. So I, I, what I think are their I options? Do, I think I really do want to talk more about this um, after we watch Moria. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I I want to look at where Dean is in Moria and what got him there. Yeah, I find Dean's story since game night to be quite fascinating because he, you could sit there and say his anger is over the top or he's not justified in how he's feeling. But, like, he lost his mom. Yeah. And he lost her so irrevocably that there was no hope of him getting her again. Yeah. And you saw how much he struggled in absence to pursue any thread of hope. And then it's all gone. So... Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that it'll be really interesting to look at Moria and see the arc as a whole, how uh-huh. Dean got where he went. Yeah. And I really love that your final takeaway on this is that we wanted to take those steps towards cementing our our, you know, the narrative doubt in in Jack's character. But d- still questioning, did we get there or what lens are we looking through? Yeah. 
Yeah, like you brought a great salesperson out onto the floor. I mean, we we hit the roof on that vehicle, <laughs> but I'm just not buying it. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my final yeah, takeaway. What, what's your takeaway, Remy? <laughs> my final takeaway, and I'll keep it brief. But uh, my final takeaway really needs to be that I would. I just want to take a second. Yep. A moment of silence for Duma and yeah. and and what they did to Duma and why yeah. they felt that they could throw that character away. Yeah. She was one of the only named angels we had at this point and had any investment in seeing an arc play out. Yeah. Yeah. But it was an arc implemented solely for the shock back uh, the shock factor of yeah i guess a flip and a death yeah we needed some villainous reason why jack was doing what sam and dean perceived as evil yes yes and i think that it we really should have focused on the angel thing but angel making thing yeah Uh, i think that could have worked like, you could have oh, honestly absolutely. made that eerie if you had investigated it. But unfortunately, we went back to good old Bible deaths. Holy fuck. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just had a, like a fuck. Mm-hmm. It's so bad moment. I'm having but- war flashbacks from Prophet <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Moment of silence for the plots that could have been. The salt water. Yeah. Anyways. Fuck. Um... Uh, so so but but for Duma um yeah. I Duma think done dirty. Duma got done dirty I I I I just uh my final takeaway needs to be that it is um I can't even say regrettable it is irresponsible reprehensive it is reprehensive that and it's and it's not because we like fridge duma it's because uh there's this disconnect between the writers and the viewers and uh, the writers view these characters uh as whatever characters they choose to throw away in this manner as disposable and inconsequential yeah um I, I didn't say that word correctly, <laughs> but it does matter and it does make an impact. And um, and your viewer does notice. Your viewer does notice. And and it's I don't want to say I don't want to say bad writing, but even though that's true, but that's not my point. My point is that it's uh, it undermines the rest of your story. Yeah, Exactly exactly that it it, it it like i said it takes you out of the story it takes you out of um this immersive world that you have been building or this you know immersive narrative that you've been building it makes you distrustful of getting invested yeah. in side characters or minor characters because, like, I cared about Duma up yeah. to this point, And then I go, what the heck happened to her? And then, yeah. oh, she's dead. Because for you to take this character and and destroy her in this mm-hmm. way, it does, you know, 
put a bitter taste in my mouth for even the rewatch. Yeah. It changes the tilt of the character because you now have been given something that you're trying to make sense of. It's not clever. It's just lazy. But, um... But, uh, but that's my PSA. Uh, I, (laughs) and that is, but that truly is my takeaway. I think it's something that, uh, we, uh, we should call attention to when it happens because it, uh, it's important. But, um, so Duma, Duma, RIP. Yeah. Bless. Bless. So, Sorry, now now I'm just sad. So I know, but yeah. So that was season fourteen, episode nineteen, Jack in the Box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We that was a rough one, guys. We got a lot of emotions wrung out. Don't say that because you know what. I'm sorry, I just had a brief flinching moment when I thought of the episodes as a whole from game night up to Moira and I'm like oh fuck <laughs> like just I felt like I just got KO punched about six times in a row into a fraction of a second I'm like oh I'm not okay okay oh my god I'm that's, back that's funny that was too many words to describe flinching <laughs> no it's great <laughs> um yeah and speaking of 17 to 20 we we actually do have uh, our free content up on our Patreon, our Patreon at No Chick Flick Moments. I know that we talk about them a lot, so if you want to hear those uh, pilot episodes of uh, the the podcast we uh, from from this last leg of uh, season fourteen, we do have a, a bunch of special. Uh, content up on the patreon uh, free to download right now so go check it out yeah and moving forward we're thinking that we're going to put our show notes up there um as season 15 is airing um there's no way that remy and i are not going (laughs) to be talking in advance of recording our podcast so we're thinking of putting some reaction episodes up there and even possibly the subtext show depending on if there's any ships or there's undertones or what have you that you guys want to request we can put up some patreon exclusive conversations and podcast episodes yeah yeah those those 10 to 20 minute real deep dives into that one line that just really hit you hard you know and just like dean and donna can we get behind this ship (laughs) i i could talk anything and everything so i would happily take requests Uh uh-huh for sure Mm -hmm. uh but, but beyond the Patreon, as always, uh, hit us up on Tumblr, Twitter, our website, No Chiflick Pod, No Chiflick Podcast, uh, No Chiflick Moments, uh, Google, and you will be rewarded. Uh, yes. Uh, we have our uh, Gmail at No Chiflick Podcast. Podcast. Yeah. No Chiflick Podcast.com. No. 
sorry, no chick flick podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and, and, uh, if you like our content, like subscribe, review, download wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we, we, we'd love to see you guys, uh, uh, your feedback. So yeah. Oh my God. Please leave reviews because the ones we've seen so far have brought big smiles to our faces and uh-huh. we just would like to see more thoughts out there. I know it's it, it makes our day. It really yeah. does. So, so yeah, here we are. We're almost at the finish line for fourteen. Remy, how are you feeling? Oh, I forgot that I'm the one who says what we're doing next. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, how am I feeling? I, I you know I I know I'm always the one that's like, oh my god, I can't believe we're so far in. And uh, I'm always the one. <sighs> <sighs> But next week, next fucking week, we are covering season 14, episode 20, the season finale, Moria. Yeah, we'll see you there. Yeah, see you next Sunday. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I, I, I don't know what that sound was, but <laughs> it was a little bit of an explosion. <laughs> well, I was like, I was, I tried to um, but I, but then I, I wanted a swish with it as well, you know, mm-hmm. and then somehow mm-hmm. a boom guy incorporated in there. But anyways, that's uh, the blades clashing. <laughs> uh,